First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. On the line right now, he is the chief physician executive at MVHS, Dr. Kent Hall. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Great. Uh, let's start with, uh, with the numbers. Uh, our numbers continue to drop around here. Yes, and they continue to drop at the Mohawk Valley Health System as well. So as of yesterday, we had, uh, we had 15 uh, COVID-positive patients, but we were expecting a number of discharges. So I think, we're, I think from, an, from an inpatient standpoint, we're going in the right direction. Uh, yet we still get the lingering uh, bad story. I think over the weekend, two people passed away. Uh, that might have been on Friday. Uh, two more people passed away. We're still getting that. It's still, when it does hit some people, it hits them incredibly hard. Yes, and it's and it, it continues to be the vulnerable people that we that we know about the the elderly and the people with the significant uh, medical problems. So that's why it's so important for us to be doing what what we can do to protect our um, our community by masks and social distancing. Although I did hear um, that the governor is looking to uh, to lighten up. Many of many of those, really most of those uh, requirements in the in the very near future. Well, I, I think that um, I don't I, I I think it's presented that way, but I don't think that's really what happened. So um, and and you're not incorrect because that's exactly what happened. But I think when you dig in, you find there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a side story here, and that is. Uh, while he has lifted all capacity requirements, and they'll be lifted on May 21st, or May 19th, I think is the day, um, they, we still must follow the six-feet distancing, uh, social distancing that is set forth by the CDC. So, to be honest with you, I, I think we were at 75% at some restaurants. I think it kind of, uh, if, if they want to stay indoors, it would decrease the number of people they could put in a restaurant. But... Being that we have better weather, I think maybe the outdoor thing will allow them to go back to 100% capacity. If yeah, that the other makes thing that sense. I heard, which, which to your point also, you know, makes it a pretty significant caveat, is it was said that if everybody is vaccinated. So, mm, you know, yeah. I don't know how you uh, document that if you're going out to a restaurant or anything. I mean, I know that uh, New York State has their has their passport, um, uh, which may help to a certain extent. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure if restaurants or other venues are ready to put in place the workflows necessary to, you know, be checking those, those yeah. things when people come in or uh, whatever. Uh, on top of getting even more confusing yesterday when he said that at certain um, sporting, outdoor sporting events, you'll be able to have a certain percentage of regular fans and then a larger percentage of vaccinated fans. Are they going to have different sections in the How stadium? Are we going to have a vaccinated, a vaccinated line, section right? and a and a non-vaccinated testing line. I mean, it's going to be so difficult for everybody to keep track of. And and the other thing, Doc, is how do you open um, uh, how do you open a Broadway theater? If you've ever been to to one of these theaters in New York, they're already small. Everybody's on top of everybody, and uh, I, I just don't know how they could get enough people in those theaters in order to make it profitable. Yeah, I, I I have been to a number of uh, Broadway plays, and you're absolutely correct. It is it is. Uh, I, I can't imagine them being able to open uh, and and put something on because my understanding, and I'm not a finance person by, by any stretch, but my, my understanding is that you know they, they really need sold out uh, venues day after day yeah, in yeah. in order to pay for those. 
Okay, so I'm going to ask you. I have a question here. This was from uh, late in the show yesterday. I want to get in. Uh, Roger is asking how, uh, and I, I know it's been going on for a year now, but how organizations or medical facilities handle uh, individuals with sensory issues, maybe autism, uh, when it comes to requiring a mask. Do you have any info on that, Doc? Yeah, so that's, that is a struggle uh, because obviously, you know, people uh, with different kinds of, whether it's a traumatic brain injury or, you know, different kinds of uh, mental health issues, um, you know, they, they can be very challenging in terms of, of uh, you know, having them be uh, directed to, to wear, wear masks or uh, things like that. So we, we really, uh, we actually have an excellent staff uh, that, that really can uh, sit and focus with them um, and, and with the help oftentimes of uh, family members also can, can get them excuse me, can uh, get them to, to, to do what we uh, need. Sometimes we can't, in which case, you know, we just make sure that they're staying uh, separated from, from um, others within the uh, institution. Andrew. Uh, we have, actually, we had two questions. Somebody called one in, and I forgot what that question was, so, sir, please call back. But uh, Jeannie <laughs> wants to know, uh, what happens if a person only has one of the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines and does not go back? That is becoming a big problem. Uh, well, uh, before I don't want to call it a problem before you answer, but that is becoming a trend. There are a lot of people that are not going back for shot number two. Yeah, uh, so uh, we do know that one shot of either Moderna or, or Pfizer does convey. We, we know it's somewhere in the 50 to 60 percent um, um, immunity range, so certainly not as good as if you get both shots. Uh, but what we do know that that is, uh, that is the level. We do not know uh, how long that lasts without the second shot because, honestly, we just haven't – those those numbers have been so small that those studies haven't been done yet. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> you, you, you have to assume that if it's only basically 50 to 60 percent that are immune, then that means 40 to 50 percent are not. Uh, and you don't know which of the 40 – which of those – as any one individual, which – bucket you fall into. So you have to presume that you are not immune and therefore should be taking all the appropriate um, uh, uh, um, uh, safety precautions. Yeah. That being said, you know, if, if the follow-up question is, so, you know, can I get it late? Can I get the second shot later? The answer is yes. Um, we don't know exactly how long you can delay before you actually have to start the series all over again. We know that you can get the second shot at least uh, three to four weeks afterwards and still convey significant immunity. We just don't know if it can be delayed for several months. I think more information will come out of the U.K. on that because that's actually a strategy that they've been uh, following to get as many people get their first shot as possible, or their first jab, as they call it, um, as uh, possible. They, they've been uh, vaccinating a lot of people with, with the first and then delaying the, the, the uh, second. So as I, was, um, uh, as, as I was, and this is something to think about when it still comes down to being careful when uh, even after you've had the, the vaccination and, and I do think it gives you freedom. It allows you to do things that you normally couldn't do, but you still have to be a bit cautious. And the more people who get vaccinated, the better we're going to be. But if you come in contact with someone who has the virus, um, for instance, when I went through, through the line, there were probably about um, 200 people that, uh, that were between leaving and coming in back to the busy time when I was getting my vaccine. 
And of those 200 people, um, 10 of them, based on statistics, will get the virus or could get the virus. 10 of them could or would. How does that work? So, so if it's 5%, could still, you're talking about 10 and 200 that, that'll get the virus, even after they've had the shot. Well, what you would what you would say is that is that ten in two hundred would not respond to the vaccine and therefore would have the potential to become infected. Got it. Um, and then the question is, you know, how many? What is their likelihood of being exposed to the virus? So that's what herd immunity is is um, about. Is is if you can get the the requisite number or the requisite percentage of people. Um, immune through vaccination uh, or through native disease, but in this case vaccination is better, then the, then the other 20% that are not um, vaccinated and have never had it are protected because their chance of being exposed is so low. Right. Uh, because there just isn't enough virus circulating around because there aren't enough people to to uh, get it. It doesn't go and, to zero, but right. it goes significantly um, lower. And that five that five percent that uh, that aren't responding properly to the vaccine won't get it because they're not coming in contact with it. I.e., the importance of everybody, as many people getting the vaccine as possible. I guess absolutely correct. All right, um, uh, we're going to leave our TV audience, uh, and we will be back uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, I believe we are anyway. Uh, let me go to Dave quickly, and I got to get through these very quickly here. David in Poland, what's your question? Yeah, I got uh, both uh, Pfizer, you know, the first yep. and second shot. And uh, I heard from somebody that after six months, I've got to get a booster shot. Well, I think that's a thought. What, what do you say to that, Doc? Yeah, so we don't know whether you'll need a booster shot at all. And if we do, and, and if you do, we don't know exactly what the time frame is. So we do know that for sure the uh, vaccine is good for at least six months. It, it may very well be good. In fact, we think it probably is going to be good for longer than that. All right. Just uh, don't know exactly how, how long. Dave, thank you. Almost out of time. Uh, someone Hello. asking, how are you doing, uh, how, how are you able to do... Uh, with the vaccine, if you're if you've just gone through radiation treatment, so radiation treatment should not keep you from being able to get the vaccine. Radiation okay. treatment is a very uh, localized uh, um, treatment, and and you should be fine. And Angela and Marcy, last yeah. question. Hi, yes, Angela. this goes back to the masks. What do we do with uh, people who are taking supplementary oxygen? I use oxygen twenty four hours a day, and the mask gets in the way. And it's very difficult to keep on. How do you handle that, Doc? Yeah, I know. I know. I can understand that. We tend to use the nasal cannulas and and uh, and put them underneath uh, the mask. Um, yes, that's what I've been doing. I, but I can understand that 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 would be um, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult to do. There's no rule that we have to. We do. We have to use a mask. Uh, it's actually, if you require oxygen, then you're a vulnerable person, and 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 uh -huh. I would say that you are the you are exactly the the the, the person that should be wear, wearing that. Uh -huh. All right, all right, Angela. Good luck. Sorry okay. to hear that. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye, Doc. As always, thank you. We'll do this again tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, everybody. Please be safe.